Holy Spirit. of mercy, grace, we worship you in your presence, sweet Holy Spirit. Let our souls and our minds be still, be still, and prepare your spirit to open wide to receive fresh revelation today. Soaring on the wings of love on the wings of the dove. Not being picky about what manifestation the Holy Spirit decides in one way or another. Not being picky about how the Lord God Holy Spirit chooses to manifest through his sons and daughters. You can do anything in us. Holy Spirit, we pray. Have your way, your way, your highway of holiness through our spirit soul and mind that we will enter your rest our promised land our eyes are on you within us flowing through us and all around us. And just let that clear clean, pure oil of peace, pour over your mind, all through your mind, there it goes, full release, oil of grace, the Holy Spirit who we honor in all of his manifestations through his children, whether in the wildness and the, <laughs> the beautiful, dramatic displays of heavenly drama, 
whether it's the loud noises or the gentle whisper, whether it's the over-bubbling of joy and uncontrollable laughter, or the sweet bliss of adoration at his feet, whether it is the myrrh and the sharing and the tears of Christ and him crucified, and the shedding of the tears, the shedding of the light, the shedding of the old snakeskin. As the layers of pride come off, and the stubbornness comes off, rebellion comes off just easily and gently because you know Holy Spirit loves you so. The Lord your God, the Lord is one God. Mm. Such a beautiful brightness in the Shekinah glory light. Even the greatest light of the Father reflected in the sun. As we behold him, We come to know the Father, eternal life. To ascend is to know him. Never ending, increasing, upward, spiraling motions, your inner man of light, healing the nations out of the overflow of your growth in relationship with him. Oh, it's so precious. <laughs> Even the smallest thing you do for his sake, for the sake of love, it touches his heart so much. And I see these young ones They're so precious to him. In the most humble circumstances and situations that most would would be bitter or complain if they had their place. Or their level of grace in. I see even the smallest act such a precious little one does for him. It melts my heart. Oh, that we would become like little children. <laughs> to enter in the heart of your father again and play in the river. A full healing for your mind spirit and body. <laughs> if only you knew how much he loves you, you would let go.
<laughs> Our Father who is in heaven within us. Holy is your name. Oh, your kingdom continually come. And your will be done. On earth. Over the earth, under the earth. As it is in the high heavens. Give us today <laughs> fresh bread for my friends. Healing oil. Oh God. So many people are hurting for no reason than lack of revelation. Fresh bread to heal you. To restore you to your inner child again. So you can have the freedom to be who you really are. A child of God. I'm tired of seeing his heart broken. I'm tired of seeing his heart broken. <laughs> There's so much grace for you. Healing for your spirit. Healing. <laughs> Through the fire of love. Through your heart in your mind, renewed by fire, it's our father's dreams, his wishes, his desires, that would make everything on earth, physically, naturally, invisibly, spiritually perfect. And some of you at the sound of my voice are called to carry out his will in the earth and bring that realm of heaven's perfection. The earth will not always be in the state that it's in now. And how soon that changes depends on you. And you know it. So we're surrendering all the false inheritances and pleasures of the enemy's deceptions. Our Heavenly Father. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the perfect image of the Father, reflecting Him. Our Son and our shield, 
rising within us, lift up the shield of faith. Grow up as a canopy covering. And even if you have to stand in a place where you feel alone, stand in the Holy Spirit within and implement and carry out His will by His divine instructions. And how do you get these instructions? You won't find them in some mystic book. You won't find them in all the storehouses of the libraries of the wicked. You won't find them in Gnostic writings and teachings. In fact, you won't find them anywhere on the earth. Only hidden and encoded in the Word of God. In the book of Enoch, in Genesis through Revelation, I have much to tell you, he said, but you cannot bear it now. The speed with which we can accelerate to be in a position where we are able to receive the divine revelations that are coming forth to bring a new heavens and a new earth. He's revealing and unveiling in the secret place. There are things that he has only revealed to his apostles, his youth apostles. On account of the training in purity, it opens you up to receive more divine revelation. That's true humility. To be able to receive from God. To be humble. Not just from a sin or a fall from grace, but the more potent source, the fountain of humility, the well of humility. Yes, you remember, it goes down, it takes us to the new earth, you remember. It's that well, the one I'm speaking of. You remember, the new heavens and the new earth. True humility, to be able to open up your spirit to receive direct revelation from God. Not just from his writings, not from his people, but directly from him, within. And if you don't have that humility to receive from him, you're not going to be able to receive from the apostles anyway. The measure that you're able to receive correction 
from God's chosen youth apostles is also the measure that your spirit is ready and open through your heart and mind to receive those teachings. Without it, you'll never hear it. And always hearing and never understanding, never walking in the realities of it. Only a pride-filled caricature of what could have been. There are certain mysteries not found out by knowledge. Things that don't exist in any writings on the earth currently. Unless you have eyes to see and ears to hear what God speaks directly to a purified servant. And there are some and there are many of those things that he's given me to release in these coming days, in these coming months. So I ask you with a humble heart to please open your spirit wide for understanding. Understand. How few, how few, how very few there are even now that can hear even a portion of what I've been given to say. What is being released is very much waiting on his people and his chosen ones to awake and rise to the humility of the Lamb. And He's calling us higher. He's calling us higher. The more divine renewal of the mind that you can receive the faster you'll be able to rise in truth and so we just take this time to open up our spirit wide and open our hearts and our minds before you father we bless your name and we ask you to wash every mind at the sound of my voice. And let every heart be cleansed with water, oil, fire, glory. Your glorious splendor. Let grace arise. Greater grace come forth in your people now. A greater humility, a greater love, a greater unity than ever before. 
And as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the things that you want to do in the natural realm, the spirituality that affects the physical dimension, not just the invisible dimension, we acknowledge that this is your way and we go forward without fear understanding that universalism is still the enemy of Christ materialism of Satan's greed and lust is the enemy of Christ but there is a physical spirituality coming forth to come forth to be revelated and then to be refined in fire to bring forth precious things out of the invisible realm into the natural dimension and for a lot of you this is the breakthrough that you've been waiting for is the ability to receive more of God To receive more from God, more revelation, more, not even just revelation, but the renewal of the mind. The most potent sorcery comes from God-inside-minded, drunken glory Christians who mean well, who do their best to love, and who are full of revelation. It's only when the revelation in the mind of the Spirit is transformed by the rising of the Holy Spirit within you. It's that rainbow mind, the fourth mind. If you remember from our book club chapter 7, it's that fourth mind, the rainbow mind of Christ, that is your spirit mind being renewed in the spirit of your mind by every revelation that's been given to you. Yes, be rich in revelation, but be made new by it. New. New. Sweet. Milk and honey. Revelation flowing. It's a time of the cross, the twelve stations of the cross, the twelve portals of the book of Enoch, the twelve apostles of the book of Revelation, and their thousandfold increase, which is you. Please thank you, Father, for our minds, our hearts, our spirits are open. Your oil of joy is flowing. As our people surrender, all of the appearances of the external forms that are used as a defense mechanism to keep them from surrendering more to you, let those be annihilated tonight. Even now, 
Let the purity of the white dove come forth from within. And like a nuclear bomb, annihilate all Christian witchcraft and sorcery, all well-meaning, good-intentioned, demonic activity, that it will not stop the flow of the river, it will not detract, but the river itself can't be stopped. But their sorceries influence the direction of the flow of the people, the speakers, the spheres of influence around them. And so we command those sorceries to be cut off today, even now at the sound of my voice. Thank you, Father, for the grace for everyone to go higher today to come into a place of glorious freedom and joy. Not feigned, not stolen waters, not wine from the cups of demons at their celestial stations. The cups of the demonic, drunken glory of the false gods in the heavens. Let that be removed from our people at the sound of my voice now. And let the purity of the white dove, your crystal clear, living waters, ever intoxicating, flowing clean and clear and pure through us to deliver us to the next level of glory and intoxication. One of the things the Father has been doing this season, as it's written in Proverbs, the best way to avoid a snare or a trap is to be aware of it. And uh, we didn't have, we ran out of time last time, but there's a video he wanted me to share with you. There's a video here we're gonna get into some really fun easy and light demonology it's really good and um, he just wants to go over this again because a lot of people are just not quite getting it yet and that's okay we're getting it a little bit we're opening our hearts we're opening our minds we're going to get there, we're going to get there together. It's going to be awesome. This specific uh, demon god, primordial evil, we talked about it last time, Belphegor, the name of the Christian version of that, its name is Sloth. This is the primordial evil that was recently ejected from the station of the sun. And we don't want our people to go with him. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so, I just want to encourage you, instead of any offense or defense, just let it flow through. 
divine revelation given to you for freedom today and understanding that God's ways are always better. It's always more fulfilling and more fun in every way. And it's just true. <laughs> and these are the revelations he's given me to give to you. So I just I share it gladly. I share it freely. These are things that he's you know, taught me and corrected in me in myself. And so now he's taught me those things. We walk through it together in experience. And I'm flowing that and sharing it with you. And it's not like, you know, we have it all together already. But there's a level of maturity through experience, not necessarily in large quantities of years, but in the actual spiritual and natural realities of having been trained in this with successful victories against this demonic spirit, this primordial evil, and it's by the, by the power of the Holy Ghost. So I want to encourage you, even if you're young and you're like, I don't know what this is, this is too much for me, this is for you, this is okay. You don't have to be afraid. I found out the hard way that literally even if you're just a two-year-old baby in the glory, you can pioneer through the celestial realms alone. If God is the one who puts you there, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And these are the realms that I have pioneered with Christ in my spirit alone. Learning in secret for the last two years, fighting battles, that I never could have imagined the intensity. All the while not being able to talk about it because it wasn't the right time to release yet to keep our people from going into the enemy camp, into the false version of what God wants to do. But now is the time. And so I can say, I can stand and say assuredly to you, wherever God calls you, wherever he sends you, that's where you can go, and you'll be in His grace. He's more than enough. He's more than enough for a two-year-old, a three-year-old baby in the glory to rise by the purity of the Lamb of God and stand on the moon and rise into the sun. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what you can do. It's about who he is, who we are in him. And allowing him to change us and refine us. And going and doing what he calls us to do. In your walk, where he wants you to go. This is your time to get connected, to hear him directly within you. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to play this. We're going to watch this video. It's just a really fun video on this demonology. Now, from some of my prophet friends, you guys are really interested in what's been going on in the last, you know, several weeks, the last month or so. This will be really interesting for you guys. Because as you know, if you're a prophet and you've been anywhere around us in the last month or so, you understand that we've been, we had dealt with um, Balaam, 
a false prophet. And so that is all connected with this principality as well. Just a wonderful story here. Alright, so we're just going to watch it together and then I have one more for you. In demonology, there exists a demon thought to be a lieutenant of Satan, one who was dispatched on various missions, usually to deceive mortals through a varied set of methods, none the least taking the form of a beautiful woman and using their naked glory to seduce men to his cause. While seldom depicted, his true form is thought to be one of utter terror, a demon with huge horns, sharp teeth, long nails, and the embodiment of something truly awful. His name is Belphegor, and if you asked Peter Binsfield, a bishop who wrote the classification of demons, Belphegor is one of the seven princes of hell, and is the chief demon of the sin of sloth. But what is sloth? Well, it's widely regarded that sloth is the state of doing nothing, the state of physical and spiritual abandonment, where one may find that doing the absolute least is fulfilling. It's quite easy to see why sloth would be a sin, in that squandering one's own potential and life by doing nothing is almost like throwing the gift of life back in God's face. It is also through sloth that the mind and the body is neglected, again another form of ungratefulness towards what God has given, as well as the potential for the devil to infiltrate one's mind. The devil makes work for idle thumbs, as the saying goes, and this directly links to sloth, in that if one is passive, they may be perceptible to the devil's tricks, and possibly even serve him by being so acquiescent. Sloth is also the want for the easy path, a path that God may not wish you to take. Believers often attribute the hardships in life to the will of God, in that God wants his subjects to endure the roughness of existence so as to better them and make them stronger. The sloth is unwilling to do this, and therefore denies God of what he wants by doing nothing at all. The sloth does not worship God, takes for granted the life he has been given, and dodges God's will because of the effort it takes to implement. An example of this appears in the Old Testament, where Jonah is asked to go to Nineveh, and to bring upon them a prophecy against them, for the great wickedness that has taken place there. Jonah demonstrates sloth because he really doesn't want to do this, and even goes as far as to try and escape his duty by sailing in the opposite direction. Through this, Jonah takes the easy way out, ease being something the sloth craves for, more than he does for salvation. Whilst Belphegor does not appear under such a name in the Bible, many are convinced that he goes by the name Baal Peor, or Baal Peor, in Numbers 25, which sees the Israelites settle in the ancient Jordan city, known as Shatim, a town that was often pegged as being a site of debauchery, sin, and orgies. Whilst here, the Israelite men begin to indulge in sexual immorality, with the Moabite women living here, those that invite the men to sacrifice to their gods. Numbers tells us that the men ate their sacrificial meals and even bowed before the gods of the Moabite women, where we are told, So Israel yoked themselves to the bowel of Pure, and the Lord's anger burned them. But who or what is this bowel of Pure? Whilst it does sound similar to the demonic name of Belphegor, it does have some significance in the Bible. Baal Pure, or the Baal of Pure, was a local deity worshipped by the Moabites, and could very well be the Belphegor that we know from Peter Binsfield's classification as the Demon of Sloth. 
As mentioned, Baal Peor appears when the Israelites who are following Moses to the Promised Land are seduced by the women of Shatim into worshipping their god. The story starts further back when the king of the Moabites, known as Balak, hired Balaam, a wicked prophet, to curse Israel. King Balak, after all, had seen the advancement of the Israelites and began to see how formidable they could become, thus wishing to destroy them. The prophet Balaam was paid, but his curses had no effect on Israel, as each time he tried, God converted the curse into a blessing. It would see Balaam actually bestow blessings upon Israel seven times, the exact opposite of what King Balak had intended. King Balak and the wicked prophet Balaam would spy on Israel from a peak known as Peor, and they come to understand that cursing Israel is pointless, because God protects Israel from such attempts. So the terrible tag team of Balak and Balaam decide to hatch up a new plan. We learn in Numbers 25, as mentioned earlier, that the women in Shatim begin to seduce the Israeli men on their way to the Promised Land. They encourage the men to sacrifice to their gods and to worship them, that which took place in many sexual acts. As mentioned, we are told in Numbers 25 1-3, while Israel was staying in Shatim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Midianite women, who invited them to sacrifice to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meals and bowed down before these gods. So Israel yoked themselves to the bowel of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Numbers 31.16 tells us, They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident, so that a plague struck the Lord's people. And by this, we learn that the women were actually working under the prophet Balaam's orders. It would seem that as Balaam was unable to curse the Israelites, he used the women to seduce the Israelites into worshipping Baal Peor instead, knowing full well that this would anger God, and thus see them cursed, as King Balak had intended. Through this, Balaam is actually able to complete his mission by manipulating pretty much everyone involved, including God, into getting that which he wants. The word Peor is thought to mean opening, and as mentioned, is the name of the mountain in which Balak and Balaam spied on the Israelites. Where this term opening fits into the story is not known. Perhaps it is referring to the opportunity that Balaam waits for in order to exact his plan, the opening of an opportunity. Or maybe there was a cave on the mountain from which Balaam and Balak spied on the Israelites, thus the term opening. The term might also have some sexual connotation given that the women of the area seduced the Israelite men through sex, and that this opening refers quite simply to the penetration during intercourse. The word Baal, or Baal, we've seen used many times throughout the Bible, and it is thought to mean Lord or Master. Baal, or Baal, was also thought to be the name of the Canaanite gods, and that there were many Baals, or Canaanite lords. You'll notice that Baal Peor is often referred to as the Baal of Peor, suggesting that there are other bowels of other areas. In any case, Numbers 25.4 tells us that The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Here God tells Moses, the leader of the Israelites, to kill the Midianite leaders, given that they had managed to deceive the Israeli men with their women, and Moses is quick to facilitate this command. We are told, So Moses said to the Israeli judges, Each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the bowel of Peor. 
Moses also sees to the death of many of the Israelite men who were deceived, and continues with his persecution of the Midianites, where God tells him in Numbers 25, 17-18, The Lord said to Moses, Treat the Midianites as enemies and kill them. They treated you as enemies when they deceived you in the pure incident. With Moses condemning those that were seduced by the women to death, it shows us how seriously God took the worshipping of other gods and the intimate acts of sex that took place under these circumstances. In fact, we are told that by the time Moses was done condemning the Israelites to death, the toll was 24,000 lives. We understand that many of these deaths came about due to a plague, but it is also disputed as to whether Moses summoned the plague from God, from which to purge the Israelites of what would have been considered their weakest links. Frequently, we see this pure incident referred to in other stories in the Bible, but it isn't always clear whether Baal Pure is being referred to as a being or a place. Deuteronomy mentions Baal Pure in chapter 4 as both a place and a being, where the incident is referred to by Moses, telling us, You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Pure. The Lord, your God, destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Pure. The use of the preposition at tells us that Baal Pure is a place, and yet the use of the second preposition of tells us that this Baal was an entity representing the noun or place that is pure. Hosea 9.10 sees Baal Pure referred to as a place, where it is said, When they came to Baal Pure, they consecrated themselves to that shameful idol, and became as vile as the thing they loved. Psalm 106.28, however, refers to the bowel of pure as a being, telling us, They yoked themselves to the bowel of pure, and ate sacrifices offered to lifeless gods. So, with that out of the way, it could be said that the demon Belphegor is named after the bowel of pure, he who got his name from the Moabites and the Midianites who worshipped him, or by the Israelites who named him so, after they had been manipulated by him and his women. The event marks a critical incident where the Israelites succumbed to immorality and adultery, and also saw them give in to the temptation of the flesh. Not only is this story a warning to believers that God is angered by such debauchery, it also provides us with an explanation as to why many believe that the demon Belphegor is thought to use women to manipulate men. Sexual temptation has never changed over time. It has always been an urge for men and women to indulge in and represent the basic carnal need of humankind, one that can consume us if we allow it. Through this, Belphegor the demon is believed to be that very entity that corrupts society with this sin, utilising the naked flesh of women to deceive and manipulate men. Some might say that the Midian women were not real at all, but instead manifestations of Belphegor or the Baal of Pure in which was able to corrupt several of the Israelites simultaneously. Through this, Belphegor can be considered a shapeshifter, as aforementioned, taking the form of a beautiful woman and seducing men on behalf of his lord Satan, as he seeks to knock righteous men off the path of salvation. In a legend unassociated with the Bible, the demon Belphegor is thought to have been sent by Satan onto earth to discover the secrets of marital love and to find out if love was actually real. He was also tasked with learning if love could be used to further manipulate humans. However, he would later return to Satan to tell him that whilst on earth, he could find no true incarnation of love having ever existed, implying that the idea of love is indeed just a fallacy, 
and that the sensation of being in love is probably just the release of the hormone oxytocin. That or the possibility that no one is really in love, and that we're just afraid to be lonely. It's also possible that Belfagor is incapable of experiencing love, given that he is a demon, and a demon who represents both sloth and seduction. His definition of love may be drastically different to ours. The legend also speaks of his travels on earth, and his fondness of the country France, whereby he became enthralled by a sleazy side of Paris. Whilst here in Paris, he was thought to have become an adversary to Mary Magdalene, the patron saint of France. In Jacques-Colin de Plancy's Dictionnaire Infernal, he confirms that Belfagor became the ambassador of France. Today it is also believed that Belfagor can be invoked by those who want to find wealth, though without actually having to put the work in, hence him being the demon of sloth. Unlike the demon Marmon of greed, who would want his subjects to incur wealth because of his love for money, Belfagor is often thought to make empty promises. This is because unlike Marmon, he doesn't want those who invoke him to obtain anything, and instead seeks to draw humankind into a state of laziness. Regardless of that which he promises the invoker, Belfagor will proceed to subdue them into a state of procrastination, daydreaming, and into essentially wasting their lives. Through this, Belfagor doesn't seem to ever harm those that trigger him, but more so tricks them into harming themselves by way of neglect. It is thought that many people may inadvertently summon Belfagor when they have had a good idea or some kind of invention that will benefit themselves or mankind, but that Belfagor will siphon their creative energy, keeping them in a rut. Meanwhile, in Kabbalistic writings, he is thought to be known as the Disputer and the enemy of the six Sephiroth known as Beauty, the manifestation of God's beauty, if you will. This is thought to have come about in some beliefs after he was cast out of heaven, suggesting that Belfagor was once an angel and a member of the Order of Principalities. But let me know in the comments below if you have any other stories about the demon Belfagor and whether you believe he actually exists. As always guys, if you've enjoyed today's video, then don't forget to give it a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe. Until the next time. Well, oh, that's so good. I hadn't watched that far in the video yet when he mentioned Mary Magdalene, her arch nemesis. And France, which if you guys saw recently, the GTs about France being surrounded by God. And it's getting pretty crazy over there. All the signs align. Also, it's important for your wisdom, understanding when it comes to demon gods like Belfagor. in their ways, their false way, when it's a manifestation in the earth dimension, like a very like a low elevation, the lower elevations, it's very much the more obvious forms of laziness, procrastination, and, uh, and lust, you know, lust of the eyes, fornication. But when you come up into the celestial realms, these are all false gods, demon gods, who have the appearance of good and light. The higher you go in the heavens, literally to the point where almost none of the elect can even tell the difference. Unless we're tuned into the voice of God. Like I said, 
We can't be distracted. We must remain in peace. Don't worry so much about how your joy manifestations look like to other people at this level. The joy, it bubbles up. There's a time and a place for everything. Uncontrollable laughter. But it's really, truly this season, the God of peace that crushes Satan underfoot. There are enemies in the celestial realm that would have you focused on your external manifestations of drunkenness and joy. Or like, you know, words that kind of come out automatically or sounds. And if you're concerned with that in, in your mind about appearances, you'll miss what God's saying and you won't be able to receive correction. Correction on your revelations of these realms. So just stay in humility, stay in peace. Let the river flow. And don't be offended one way or another by the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But understand that if you're even watching this video right now, there's a really, really good chance that you're probably already drinking of the cups of demons in celestial realms unknowingly. And we forgive you. We love you. <laughs> But that's just where we're at right now. It's where the body of Christ is at. And that's all right. We're going to go higher. You know, God understands the ignorance of the human heart. He's not surprised. But this is so encouraging because if you get this revelation in understanding the higher forms of the deceptions of these fallen primordial evil beings, it's not so much like in the lower levels on earth where it's obvious. It's the more subtle procrastinations and sloth laziness that has the appearance of mystic spirituality. It's false humility. It's false ascension. It's a following of the black sun. And since he's no longer in the sun, anyone who follows that way will be out of the sun. And it's not so much the external manifestations of the lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes, that's just the basic thing to overcome in the earth, the lower dimensions. Once you get past that, it's you're not just dealing with the eyes, now you're dealing with the emotions of the heart. That we don't want to be lonely, we don't want to be alone, or we want attention, you know. It's the lust of the affections of the heart. And then after that, it's even the lust of the spirit for spiritual connection and spiritual union. So that's the whole purification process. And just understanding that it's great that we've made it as far as we are now. Let's keep going. Keep growing in grace, growing in oil. Oil, get oil this season. My goodness. If there's one thing I could say to you this season, get oil. Make sure you have plenty of oil this season. Sow into the spirit. That's good. <laughs> okay, let's see. We have time. I think we have time for this last little one. I love you guys. You're doing good. If you're still around, you know, kudos to you. You're doing all right. And there, there's just one other demon manifestation. <laughs> This is from, uh, if you guys remember, Labyrinth. 
there's this one part that was just so highlighted and uh, it's a demonic manifestation that comes to steal. But it's pretty funny when they put it like this, you know. Just make it obvious and funny, Lord, so we can change our ways. Amen. Alright, let's watch it. dreamed it all, Lancelot. But it was so real. Oh. Let's go see if Daddy's back, okay? Better to stay in here, dear. Yes, there's nothing you want out there. No. Oh, no. Oh, what have we got here? Lancelot. Oh, your little bunny rabbit. You like your little bunny rabbit, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Oh, and there's Betsy Boo. You remember Betsy Boo, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Now then, what else have we got? Watch this. Oh, let's have a look. Oh, it's a pencil box. Got lots of pencils in it, too. And oh, here's your pen or slippers. You know how much you like your panda slippers. You never wanted them thrown away, did you? There they are. That's right, that's right. Okay, now then, what else? Oh, it's little horsey. You love little horsey, don't you, dear? And look at this. You got a printing game, you have. Oh, here's a treasure. You'll want that, won't you, my dear? Yes, go on, put it on, make yourself up. And here's dear old Flopsy. You'll want her right there you go. Oh, yes, ah, oh, yes, Charlie Bear. Right there, Charlie Bear for you. Huh? It was something I was looking for. Don't talk nonsense. It's Remember. Everything in the world you've ever cared about is all right here. Look, here's your little toy candy shop. Dangers untold and hardships unnumbered. I fought my way here to the castle. Beyond the goblin city. To take back the child that you have stolen. Huh? Huh? What's the matter, my dear? Don't you like your toys? It's all junk. Ah, eh, well, what about this? This is not junk. Yes, it is. for the bar I feel feeling pretty good <laughs> have a blessed oh, have a blessed evening we're gonna have so much fun tonight I'll see you guys at the bar right?